Hey everyone, this is Blake. Just a quick note before the start of the show, I would like to hear your ideas. If you head over to halfhourintern.com, at the top there is a link that says submit your ideas. If you yourself do a cool or interesting job or hobby or you know someone who does, you can submit it through there. As well, if you have a question that you wish that I had asked a previous guest of the show, you can submit those there as well. And about once a month, I'll be doing a frequently asked questions show where I go over missed opportunities for questions from interviews. So thank you in advance for all of your ideas and onto the show. What is your response to someone telling you that they don't know how to dance? I think everyone's a dancer. I want to be my current self from this point forward. I want to learn how to play piano. Working with human beings. Drinking wine in the middle of the day. I want to be a I'm going to be the next greatest painter. Just kind of work with kids, getting them ahead in life. I want to be a welder. I want to be a beach bum. I want to be a baseball player. Brewmaster. A winemaker. Professional snuggler. Let me mention those sweet, hot lavender baths and writing in the evening. What's up, everybody? This is Blake Fletcher, the Half Hour Intern. In today's episode, I interview Keon Sigari about being a professional dancer. Keon dances for Axis Dance Company here in the Bay Area, which is a modern dance company. And prior to this, she danced with several other companies and even toured in China with a dance company. Um, However, she did not have at all a prototypical sort of stars aligning for her from her childhood type of story. Uh, When Keon became an adult, she really, really had to persist and used hard work over and over and over again to finally get her shot as a dancer. So great story here from Keon about persistence and passion and working hard to eventually get what you want for your life. Without further ado, here is Professional Dancer. Keon, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me. So I'm really excited to interview you today because little known fact, I freaking love to dance. That is like one of my favorite (laughs) things to go out and do. Good. And something I'm always surprised by is when I'm talking to a friend or an acquaintance and you try to get them out on the dance floor and they're just like, I don't know how to dance. Like, what is your response to someone telling you that they don't know how to dance? I think... Everyone's a dancer, whether or not you want to admit it, yeah, (laughs) whether or not you want to admit it or whether or not you think that you actually can, we all are dancers starting off with getting out of the bed, brushing your teeth, washing your hair. Those are all movements that we repeat and we do almost every day. And any form of movement to me is dancing. Yeah. If you just, if you were to flip on some music, that's exactly what it would look like. Yeah, totally. So, um, I think Also, genuine movement, just coming from hearing a good song and even if it's shaking your butt a little bit or shaking your shoulders, you know, that's that's dance. Totally. That's unfiltered that you're not thinking about a lot. Yeah. Something that I was thinking about earlier today as well is that, so they say that uh, love is like the universal language. I feel like dancing is like the other universal language, you know, like I could go to Brazil right now, have no idea how to speak the language and start dancing with somebody and have a great time immediately, you know, and all of a sudden you'll make a friend that you didn't even speak a word to. Yeah. I mean, a good example of that would be, I went to Mexico after I graduated from school for two weeks. Um, I was there just to dance. I went to a dance school and I speak a little bit of Spanish, but not enough to really communicate and understand someone. But because we were dancing the whole time, because all day I was taking dance classes, I didn't really need to talk to anyone because through my movement and through the technique and basic understanding of dance, I was able to communicate with 
everyone in the studio. So yeah, that was cool. Of course, that is cool. So why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got started as a dancer? Like at what age as a child and then de- the development from it being a hobby into now your career? Well, I started dancing when I was about two and a half, three. My sister was in baby ballet classes and me and my mom would go sit there while she took her class. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Sorry, what, what is baby ballet? Baby How much ballet, ballet could a baby do? So if you ask any girl, a lot of them would say that they took baby ballet. So if there's any girls out there listening, I think you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> baby ballet is essentially you're in your tights, you're in your tutu and your ballet shoes, and you just run around in the studio. Um, you learn how to tap your foot. You learn how to point your foot do run, run leaps. I mean, essentially, it's the very, very basic beginning of coordinating uh, verbal cues to physical actions. So this is what, like two, three years old that you're doing this? I started at that age. Oh, you did as well. I started at that age. This particular ballet school, the age minimum was five. Um, And normally it starts around four or five um, but I was watching my sister and I wanted to be in there so badly. I kept running into the studio. I just wanted to be a part of the fun. Eventually they put up a little baby fence to keep me out. And one day the teacher finally came up to my mom and said, you know, I feel so bad. She's staring into this room with sad eyes. And even though we have a minimum of five, let's go ahead and let her start. So that's awesome. That's how it started. <laughs> so if you want your kid to end up a dancer one day, just start them dancing, doing baby, baby dancing and, and baby ballet. Yeah. It's, I think a good way to get your kids open to the idea of movement that, which will lead them to anything. It could lead to sports, um, dancing, totally. music, you and just know. expression with their bodies. Exactly. I know. So up until the age of about six, you have a, a device turned on in your brain called the language acquisition device. Mm-hmm. So there's a big thing with teaching your baby sign language as, but before they actually right. know how to speak, they understand the concept of what these words mean, even though they themselves can't say it. So mm-hmm. they'll do the sign for apple when they want an apple. They'll do yeah. the sign for milk when they want milk. Yeah. And yeah, so clearly at a very young age, you can make these connections between your body and the world around you. So right. well, we why come not shake in, it, you know? Yeah, we come into this world moving, right? Even coming out of mom, we are moving to come out. So from the very beginning, we have a connection to our bodies. And um, dancing, taking dance class has just helped that connection grow. So was there ever a gap for you or you went from... <clears throat> baby dancing to now. And there was never a a break. There wasn't, to be honest. Um, I knew what I wanted to do from that age. I've always loved dancing. I mean, as I got older, I kind of went into gymnastics a little bit. In school, I did sports like volleyball and basketball, softball. Um, But dancing was always my main thing. It was my after-school sport, if Mm -hmm. you will. Mm -hmm. Um, Every day after school, I would go to professional classes, and I started off doing more jazz, tap, hip-hop style, which is a little bit more of the competition media style of dancing. Yeah, for sure. Um, And that was all the way up until about 11, 12. And then at 12, I made this huge decision that I didn't want to stay in the competition world because I knew if I wanted to be a professional dancer, I would have to go down a route that would promise 
a solid job at the end, which would be more of the ballet route. Because I knew that there are big ballet companies, especially in America, that can help fund your life and mm -hmm. that you can make a career out of. So I made the decision to go down the ballet route. And at 12, I transferred over to a classical ballet school. Um, and from that point through the end of high school, I was doing primarily classical ballet training. Okay. So before we go back to, I guess, what your next step was and how you got to where you are right now, let's talk about what the different paths would be for somebody that was young and into dancing right now. Um, you said, so competitions is a thing that they could be doing, but I guess not too promising. Yeah. So competition dance it is a little bit of a younger sport. Um, so essentially what that means is whatever dance studio you're a part of, all the dance studios come together and have a competition. Everyone does their shows, and at the end you win awards and maybe some money, things like that. That tends to lead more into media-style dancing, which is where a lot of dancers what a lot of dancers in LA are doing, you know, like dancing on TV, dancing for award shows and music videos, things like that. So that's okay. a little bit more of the jazz, contemporary jazz, hip hop world of dancing. Um, you can definitely find a career in that. I know a lot of dancers who are successful, but it's like a career field. in acting. It's like it, paycheck yeah, exactly. to paycheck and job to job. Yeah. I mean, although those paychecks can be huge, so, you know, you might be set after one, teeny tiny commercial. Look at Kevin Federline. That guy is yeah. hooked up. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, he started off as a backup dancer. So, I mean, there, there is um, a career to be had in that area. I just knew that it would be difficult. And I mean, dance in general is difficult. None of it has been easy, to be honest. But I fell in love with ballet, so I knew that that was the direction I wanted to go. Okay, cool. So is there a third option? I mean, there's lots of options. I'd say kind of if you're looking at dance career, the big picture, there is the media style, there's ballet, and, um, and then there's the contemporary modern world, which similar to ballet is also performed on stages in theaters. Um, but I mean, dance honestly can be achieved in so many different ways, but I'd say the two biggest are media and then theater. Okay. So did you have to go to a like dancing, is it a dancing college, a dancing school? Like what happens after high school? Yeah. So that's kind of the big issue for a lot of dancers is you're dancing your whole life. You're training yourself, building yourself up to be prepared for a career. And at the end of high school, you make the decision, should I go straight into a dance company or should I continue my education and go to school? Uh, primarily for ballet dancers, you like to start off as young as you can. A lot of times straight after high school, you want to get a job with a ballet company because the younger you start, the younger you are when you get put in the professional world, the sooner you can climb up the ranks and get to a high position in the company. And especially for ballet dancers, it is a short career. Um, you know, some dancers go for longer, like 40, 50, but a lot of times it ends around mid thirties. Um, so for that reason, you want to start as young as you can. What are the reasons for that? Injuries, families, all of the above? Yeah. Injuries is a big part of it. Also, it's hard. It's yeah. hard after a while, you know, it's yeah, a really totally. demanding, physically demanding career. You're dancing all day, every day, especially ballet dancers who are dancing on point, you know, on their yeah, tiptoes. Totally. 
it takes a toll on your body. And um, after a certain point, a lot of dancers end up going into teaching or choreographing or opening their own studios, things like that. So because you can only dance for so long in a company, you want to start as young as you can in the ballet world, at least. So that would be an entirely different avenue and different realm would be choreography? Um, I mean, the two do go together. Um, but if you are a dancer dancing in a company, a lot of times there isn't much of an option for you to choreograph in the company you're with. So a lot of times what happens is people dance, they have their dance career. And then once they're done dancing, they move on to choreographing, uh, which means they create dances either for the company they worked for, or they make their own work. They start their own small company, which maybe starts off as a project and then as they get funding, more attention, it can build to a full company. So a lot like any other sport in that when you're younger and you're able-bodied, you're an athlete. And then maybe you go into coaching as you become older and you just have to devise the game plan and you don't have to go through the roots anymore. Exactly. Um, but for a lot of people, going back to what happens after high school, like what happened for me to me, for instance, um, I was dead set on being a ballet dancer. I knew for sure I would get into a ballet company. It was all I ever wanted, everything I was training for since I was 12. Um, and then I didn't get a job. And so how, take us through that process. So yeah. it like, you know, a lot of kids are maybe used to college applications when they right. finish school and you, there's a very standardized formal process for exactly what you're supposed to do. So what do you do in like your senior year of high school? So I have my mom to thank for this. Um, my mom convinced me to still apply for a couple colleges just as a backup, just in case, you know, she, my parents both really supported me in being a dancer, but they wanted me to be smart and not put all my eggs in one basket. So I did apply to a couple arts schools that I knew had good dance programs. Um, but mostly what I was focused on was auditioning. I was doing every audition that came through San Francisco and San Jose or Bay area, um, in hopes of getting a dance job. So what that means essentially is I'm online every day looking in magazines to see which companies are auditioning when. And you go, you audition, you take a class, a ballet class usually, and the director, choreographers are there, they're watching you. And um, a lot of times there's a cut, which means if they don't like you, then they excuse you from the audition. And whoever is left at the end is usually who's primarily considered for the job. Now, how many people are showing up at an average one of these? Is it like so you many. and 40 people in one room? <laughs> so or? many. I mean, it, it really ranges, depends on the company and how big they are, you know, but a lot of times there's one position available, one female position available and 50 to a hundred dancers just in that city's wow, audition. Who wild. knows where else? All right, so take us through the really sad part of the story oh, where gosh. you don't get <laughs> you don't get accepted anywhere. Uh, yeah. So and... essentially what happened was you know, when you're young, your body all all the bodies kind of look the same. You're all I mean in dance, in ballet specifically, you know, you're all pretty flexible, you're small, you're petite, but as you grow up, your body changes. I came into my adult body and I realized once I hit 18 that maybe my body isn't really lending itself to ballet and the type of technique that is required to 
achieve what I needed to achieve to right. be a ballet dancer. Um, so I did all my auditions and I would get cut and I never lost hope. I knew that dancing is what I wanted to do. I knew I was a good dancer. Um, but I think at that time I didn't realize that maybe ballet wasn't going to be my avenue, but I was still dead set on it. So I did all the auditions and at the end of the year when I realized I didn't have a job, but I was accepted to two dance colleges that my choice was clear. I didn't really have an option. So I never lost faith. I never gave up, but, um, you know, I had to learn the hard way that ballet wasn't really going to be what I was going to end up doing. Yeah. So you went away to one of these dance colleges and then what? So <laughs> your first job out of school was as a dancer? Oh God, no. So <laughs> the struggle, it just began. Um, so after school, well, I'll say during school was when I really had an opportunity to explore okay, if I'm not going to be a ballet dancer, what am I going to do? I had all this ballet technique, all this training, this foundation, but what was I going to use with that? Because, you know, I realized and admitted to myself that I wasn't going to be a ballet dancer. So school was really an opportunity for me to play with my body, see what feels good, what doesn't feel good, what do I... Like all college students everywhere. Exactly. So um, it was really a journey for me to find my artistic voice, to play around with different styles of dancing, hip-hop, more contemporary, more modern movement. Um, and when I ended up graduating, that was when I actually got to put all this new discovery into play. So what ended up happening was I had a lot of freelance project work that I was doing, which means no money, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah. I had to have another part-time job to pay rent and to eat um, while I continued to take dance classes, continued to educate myself and learn how am I going to work in the professional world. I had to do a lot of networking, which means taking class, being in, te in front of teachers, because a lot of the teachers, especially in San Francisco, have their own companies or their own projects. So you just, you have to be very active. And that was hard for me coming out of school to keep up all of my energy and my strength to hope to get a dance job. Yeah. I don't know if I'm being clear. But... No, absolutely. So I think that this is a really good like teaching moment for anybody. So how, when you've kind of been beat up like several times over the course of years, um, I mean, how do you keep your focus and try to keep some sort of momentum up? I mean, it's hard. <laughs> it's really hard. I, I didn't always keep my momentum up. I definitely had moments where I was binge watching Netflix shows, staying inside, <laughs> just, you know, super depressed. I'm never going to make it. What am I doing? Should I really be a dancer? Are all of these moments in my life signs that I shouldn't be doing this? But I mean, deep down, I always have known that I love dancing. And I know that when I perform and people come up to me afterwards and say, I couldn't take my eyes off of you. I mean, that's something, you know, I mean, I know that totally. that meant something. And so I just had to keep reminding myself of that. So when did you get your shot then? 
So over the three years after graduating, I was doing a lot of project work. So I was performing, I was taking class. Um, and through all those performances, through meeting different people, dancing for different people, my network just continued to grow and grow and grow. And it eventually got to a point where I was finally one of those people who was at the right place at the right time, who knew the right person. Someone that I was friends with had recently become the rehearsal director for the company that I dance for now, which is Axis Dance Company. And she reached out to me and said, Keon, we have a female contract available. Are you interested in coming into audition to take class with the company, to come into rehearsals, to meet the director, meet the dancers, and see if this would be a good fit? So, I mean, honestly, it, I guess it was a little bit of luck, but also a lot of my hard work, yeah, you know, totally. being persistent and being in front of people and pushing and pushing and finally, well, yeah, I mean, like, came. like you said, I mean, you were in the right place at the right time, but you can only be in the right place at the right time if you keep on putting yourself in the right place over and over and over again. Exactly. And then it just is a matter of timing. Yeah. And I mean, that was one of the things that I was struggling with. I saw a lot of my friends getting really awesome dance opportunities and they kept saying I was at the right place at the right time. And I was cursing the dance gods. Why am I not in the right place at the right time? It feels like it's happening to everyone else except for me, mm -hmm. which a lot of times discouraged me and made me want to retract and potentially find something else to do. But yeah, you just, you have to put yourself out there, you know, especially with something like dance, which you can't do through the computer or you can't do with the internet necessarily, you yeah. have to be present, you have to be available. And um, eventually it turned out to be okay. <laughs> That's so cool. So talk to us a little bit about what a dance company does, what you do, because it's not a ballet dance company, is it? No, so I dance for a modern contemporary dance company. Okay, so people come to your company mm -hmm. to see shows there, you guys travel around, how does that all work? Yeah, so essentially our job is to learn dances and to perform them. So every day we work a five, six-hour workday, and um, we rehearse. So the company that I dance for is a rep company, which means we bring in choreographers from the States or all over the world to make a piece for us. So a choreographer comes in, we work with them for maybe a couple months, and every day we're learning material, playing around with material, trying things that doesn't work, try something new that doesn't work. You know, we're essentially playing all day. Mm -hmm. um, and the choreographer sometimes comes in with an idea or something really specific that they know they want and asks us to do that specific thing, that specific movement. Sometimes a choreographer comes in and they really want it to be a collaboration. They have a couple ideas, but they want to see what we have to offer. So they'll give us some movement and say, now go play with that, make it something new, and then bring it back and let's see what we have. So a lot of times uh, the dancers are required to choreograph a little bit, to add in their own feedback, to give ideas and sometimes we're just told what to do and we bring the choreographer's idea to life. That's interesting. Does everyone in the company get to dance in every piece? Or do they sometimes say, Keon, you're the star. The rest <laughs> of you guys, get out of here. <laughs> no. This is Keon's number. Yeah, so it, it depends. Again, a lot of times if you're in a bigger company that has 50 or more people, a choreographer will come in and say, I want to make a piece 
for 10 dancers. So he'll select 10 and the rest of them unfortunately won't get to be in that piece. A lot of times there's a second cast. So 20 people will get to do the piece, but in a smaller company like the one I dance for, there's five, sometimes six dancers. So generally all of us get to dance Although there is a new piece that we're working on, and it's a trio, so two of us won't get to be in it. Three of us will. So what? <laughs> so what kind of like competition does that bring up amongst the group? I mean, in my company, we're all close. We're all friends, and I mean, in every company, you know, just like any job, some people get along, some people don't, and um, you know, so there's always that kind of dynamic, but. I think there's always a little bit of friendly competition. You know, everyone wants to dance the most. Everyone wants to be on stage the most. I mean, at least I think so. That's how I feel. I like to be on stage a lot and perform a lot. So yeah, there is, there's friendly competition. Are there people, how you say everyone wants to be on stage the most and dance the most? Do people get discovered like that? Like will sometimes you don't know who was in the audience and they come up to you afterwards and say, hey, I'm you know, going to be directing this music video and I want you to be in it. Oh, yeah, totally. I have a friend who got a dance job that way. She was performing in a competition um, and the director after the show came up to her and said, you're amazing. I want you tomorrow fly to my city and dance for me. So, wow. I mean, it does happen, um, but also you need to be available to network just kind of like anything a lot of times after you perform, you have to go into the audience, you have to talk to people. And that's kind of the way it happens. You know, if you just perform and then leave, then you won't really have an opportunity to find out if anyone's interested. Yeah, but yeah, totally. it does happen. Sorry, I don't know if we, I don't, I don't think we covered this yet. You do all your performances here in Oakland or you travel around as well? So Access Dance Company is located in, um, where are we? Oakland. <laughs> I forgot where I was. No problem. That was probably the toughest question all day. (laughs) Where are we right now? Where am I? Uh, Yeah, so we're in Oakland, California. We um, rehearse and perform in Oakland, but we do also have the awesome opportunity to tour. For instance, next week, we're going to be going to Washington, D.C., and we're going to be performing at the Kennedy Center and Smithsonian Center, which is really Man, that's so awesome. awesome. Yeah, I'm super excited. And in the fall, we're going to be going on a 14-city tour across the states. So the company I dance for is fortunate enough to be able to tour. But a lot of times, other companies are just local companies. They perform at different theaters in San Francisco. um, And that's kind of the difference. You know, sometimes you get enough funding and you can do a mini tour. So it kind of depends. So how does that happen? You said you guys are lucky enough to be able to do that. What makes your studio luckier than another studio? Um, So Axis Dance Company is a physically integrated dance company, which means our dancers are with and without disabilities. So that is really different. Um, Most dance companies aren't that way. Um, So one of our dancers is in a wheelchair. Another one has an arm and a half. And in the past, there have been dancers with... Sorry, there's no a problem. fly. No problem. Um, in the past, there have been dancers with just one leg and they use crutches. So essentially, our company wants to show that no matter what your body is, no matter what your ability, physical ability, you can still dance. That's beautiful. That's so wonderful. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool um, and very different. So because we're 
so different. I think there's only maybe two or three companies like that in the States. Uh, we do have a lot of opportunities because people want to see us perform. They want to see us dancing. They want to see what we can do, how we move. Um, and it's really inspirational, I think, to a lot of people. I mean, especially it was for me. I was super excited to join the company and get to have the opportunity to work with dancers that would introduce me to such a new idea of dancing. Yeah, for sure. That's, I feel like that's got to be such a fun challenge for the choreographers that come out to choreograph for you guys is to you know develop something that's going to work for everyone. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, a lot of times they come in and they've never worked with a dancer in a wheelchair before. Um, so it is definitely a challenge, but it also makes the experience that much more exciting because we're all being challenged in some way. And in the end, when we have this piece that we've created, it's super satisfying um, to perform it and to see how far we've come and to see it on stage. That's so cool. So <laughs> like next week when you go to the Smithsonian or to the Kennedy Center, how many people are going to be watching you there? Oh gosh, I don't know. Don't I haven't <laughs> I haven't looked up how many seats are in the theater. I think I'm I'm not looking up information on purpose just so that I can go in there and do my best and not be thinking about how many people are looking at me, but I know that it's probably going to be pretty full. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Which obviously is exciting. I mean, I love to perform for people, but I think it'll probably be the biggest theater that I've ever performed in so far. That's so cool. Congratulations. Thanks. <laughs> do you have a pre-show uh, like ritual that you do before every show? Um, man, you know, unfortunately I don't, but I do do some deep breathing um, just to calm myself down. You know, a lot of times nervous energy will influence my dancing in not a very good way. You know, will make me a little wobbly or shaky. So I just remind myself that people are here because they want to see some awesome dancing, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm here to give that to them. So there's no reason for me to be nervous. I should just be strong and confident. So definitely some breathing helps with that. Um, in my company, we always do a circle before we perform. So the dancers, choreographer, director, we all get in a circle on stage. We say a couple things to each other, squeeze each other's hands, maybe take a couple deep breaths together, and then the show starts. That's awesome. <laughs> what advice would you give to a young person right now that really likes dancing and that was thinking about pursuing that as a career? Okay, that's a really good question. Definitely, I would say to start off with finding a good dance studio or ballet school or any type of really good training near you. Um, do some research, see what you have available around you, go to a good dance school, get good training, good solid training from good strong teachers. I think it's super important to have a strong base to start off from and then from there you can start to choose what direction you want to go in terms of the style of dancing that you want to pursue. Um, and then if you get a little bit older or when you get a little bit older to do workshops, do summer workshops, travel around, get to work with different teachers, meet different dancers that are your same age or older, you know, expand your network and see what else is going on in the world, in the dance world. Um, and then lastly, I would definitely suggest to go out there and see shows, see performances. 
If you want to be a Broadway dancer, see musicals. If you want to be a ballet dancer or be in a theater setting, go see ballet companies perform, see contemporary companies perform, do your research, see you know, which companies you might be interested in. And that can also help you hone in and focus on the style of dancing that you would like to pursue. And, you know, with perseverance and of course, talent, um, I think you can achieve anything that you want. So that's my advice. What piece of advice would you give to the, uh, the guy or the lady out at the bar this Friday night, or maybe at a school dance, just being a wallflower while everyone else is enjoying the dance floor? I would say, screw what people think. (laughs) You know, a lot of times I get shy when I go out to a club, you know, it's like I'm dancing all day and then all of a sudden my favorite song comes on and I'm, I become all reserved and shy, but you know, it's, it's a way to express yourself. I've can't tell you how much dance has saved me. I mean, I, especially through school, I went through a lot of hard times and some, you know, family struggles and emotional struggles and dancing music really helped me just release to get connected to my body and to deal with, you know, with pain, with suffering, things like that. Not saying that you should bring that out to the club with you, but any moment that you get to it's just release. It's a better release, physical release than anything Exactly, else. you know, and no one cares. And if they do, then you don't even deserve to talk to them. But you should just express yourself, feel good. And if your favorite song comes on, I think you should just go for it. Yeah, amen to that. <laughs> awesome. Keon, thank you so much. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having me.